Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in. Stoppage time live on a Wednesday. And look, they didn't even wait for us this time. Breaking news. Yorgos Yakamakis watch is over. He is a now a designated player with Atlanta United. Yakamakis watch is over. Uh, we can declare it to be over. We got him. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, this is uh, something that was on again, off again, on again, off again. And, and that's the roller coaster that exists so many times with silly season, but Atlanta United got their man. And I would assume, barring something really unforeseen, that uh, Yorgos Yakimakis is going to be Atlanta United's first choice center forward, hopefully as soon as August 25th. And that's something you and I can go through, Jason, because I, I would imagine there's going to be a bit of an integration process now, a bit of a process to get them fit. There's still plenty of time. Uh, today is February 8th. We're talking about two and a half weeks. But really good news for Atlanta United. Um, they need the depth at center forward. I still think they may need to even consider signing another center forward. But at least Atlanta United has that security now, knowing that they have Yorgos Yakimakis. So I, I want to get into everybody's questions as much as possible about Yakimakis, about where Atlanta United is right now. A couple of things quickly before we jump into those questions. So he's under contract through 2026. Right. Um, designated player. Uh, he was, and, and I love that Atlanta United referenced it in the, the video. It was reportedly all but done that he was headed to Japan. He was going to join Urawa Red Diamonds in the J-League. And that move, uh, according to one prominent man in Fabrizio Romano, was hijacked by Atlanta <laughs> United. So I, I love that they had the little reference in the video. That's hilarious. Um, fitness is a, a mild concern because this has been going on in terms of Yakimakis leaving Celtic for a little while. So he hasn't been training with Celtic consistently for the past maybe couple of weeks. So he's not coming in like 
from an off season, but he's coming in from a, a little bit different level of fitness than the guys who are coming back from Mexico uh, tomorrow, for example. So there, there's going to be a little bit of that period. There's a little bit of the period of, of getting to know the way that Atlanta United will play. Um, luckily, if you have watched Celtic in the Scottish Premiership, if you've watched Gonzalo Pineda's Atlanta United, there are a lot of similarities. And Yakimakis fits a profile of a forward that Gonzalo Pineda wants. He's he's mobile. He's going to press. He, he's going to be active. He's going to make runs off the ball. Um, these are things that, that you need to fit the system. He has been doing that at Celtic. So it's not like you're asking a guy who has purely been a target forward in a, a slow build kind of system to play the way Atlanta United wants to play. No, he's used to playing in transition. He's used to playing, you know, pressing and creating turnovers and going to goal quickly. He's used to those things. So that's good. There's always nuances. So you want to get some training sessions in. Will he be ready on February 25th? Um, I think it's likely. I, I honestly do. Is he ready to go 90 then? Maybe not. Can he get you into the second half at that stage? I think that's a, a, a safe bet. Um, I, I'm not putting the house on it, but yeah, I think he could start and get you into the second half. Depth at that position. Uh, it was interesting. And I had the clip from Gonzalo Pineda on Atlanta soccer tonight. Machop Chol has played up top in the last two games in Mexico for Atlanta United. We've always seen him on the wing. Chol as extra depth at the nine, along with Jackson Conway, at least in the short term. He's different than the other two. I think Conway and Yakimakis have some similarities in terms of maybe the strength and the build. I think Yakimakis might have a little more speed and obviously more experience. But Scholl's a whole different kind of number nine. So that is a, a very intriguing prospect. But yeah, I'm with you. You might need one more piece of depth there. Luis Abram is now under contract at the back line. Where is another signing going to fit into the roster? Is it a backup nine? Is it additional help in the midfield? It's probably one of those two is my guess. Well, and it, could it be a little bit of both? Could it be an Eric Lopez, which wouldn't necessarily count as a new signing, but would count as a player incoming who did not play for them last year? It's possible. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know don't. next for, for Eric Lopez. I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Um, I think it would be a signing from outside, and there's been talk about three signings. That was something that, that Pineda said a while back. Right media um now there's two done i haven't heard and in, in the the media availability on monday there wasn't any backing off of the the number three so i don't think it would be somebody returning who's under contract like lopez i think it would be somebody from the outside and it could be somebody who could maybe give you depth in both spots depth as a number 10 attack-minded central midfielder who can also play up top when needed. I, I, in a perfect world, that's who you'd love to get. Yeah, and those players exist. There's probably, I mean, even Machope to an extent could kind of be classified in that way as someone who can play striker but can play on the wing or potentially even further back. Yeah, his uh, work up top is is new. Um, yeah. Unless he did that some at Wake Forest, and he absolutely could have. I didn't see all of his games at Wake Forest 
he was predominantly a winger. So the number nine, and I thought Pineda talked about it a little bit in the media availability in terms of he has the individual skill set to play as a nine. He, he's good in tight spaces. He's good in the 18. In the small-sided games that the team does, he's always somebody who, who shows well and scores goals. But there's more to the number nine position than purely that. He's got to make runs off the ball that are going to be different than he would as a winger. Uh, there's got to be that pressing side of it that's different when you're the nine as opposed to being a winger. So there's some some aspects of the position he's still got to learn, but he has the raw skill set that could fit. Well, anyhow, uh, exciting reports just as we come on with stoppage time about Georges Yakimakis now being officially in with Atlanta United. I know there were reports that he was with them in Mexico, maybe undergoing medicals. I don't know if that turned out to be true or not. Yeah, actually, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we are of the belief that Yakimakis will start training with Atlanta United when they get back to Atlanta. And I yeah, he'll be introduced to the media on Friday. So I, I don't know if he's going to train on Friday, but he'll be yeah, introduced on Friday. He'll be at the facility. I think they're flying back tomorrow, right? Yes, or maybe overnight tonight. Tomorrow. It was going to be so. tomorrow. So they're not going to train tomorrow, um, at least following the social media. Um, they, they did their last training session. They played today. Uh, it was only 90 minutes against Club America. Um, it was 1-1 at the break, and it was I, – I don't know if it was 3-1 or not. I'm not sure when the subs came in the second half. Uh, Pineda on Monday said he was looking at somewhere between 65 to 75 minutes for the starting group. I thought I saw a tweet that it was 1-1. 2-1 Cruz Azul, and then R. Rougeau scored twice right. 3-2 Atlanta. You're right. And the Finished third 3-3. goal, yeah, the third goal of the match, the, the second match goal for R. Rougeau was assisted by Almada and Firmino. Yeah. So that would tell me that they were in kind of a mixed group uh, yeah. when they started the second half. It's really hard, and we're going to get to your questions on the Twitch pitch, and Emilio's talking about, we've, we've got a lot of questions about What's happened in Mexico? And it's really, really hard to know exactly what happened because, um, you know, the the stream was not optimal uh, <laughs> from the Atlante match. There was no stream today. It was completely closed door. Um, it reminds me a little bit of some of the bits and pieces that we learned say, in the 2019 preseason when uh, they went out to LAFC and they, they really hung one on Seattle Sounders, I want to say. It was like 7-0, but but we never actually got to see any of it. Um, they played Red Bulls uh, down at IMG in 2020, very early in the preseason. Uh, literally got maybe two tweets about it, no video or anything like that. So um, a lot of mystery, but I, I think, again, let's remember what the main goal was in not only the Chattanooga friendly, which we have talked about, but the the two that have played since don't get anyone hurt and get your fitness up. And it sounds like at least for some players, they were able to go well beyond the 60 minute mark today. And that is an encouraging sign. Yeah. That, that's a step in the right direction. Um, we're not sure uh, of how really the game flowed today. And and what I know from Saturday against Atlante is from the conversations uh, the media had with Mateo Sosechi and Gonzalo Pineda on Monday. Um, 
I will say because it's become a little bit of a, a conversation and I, I tried to provide a little bit of an explanation on Facebook earlier. Uh, the team wanted to stream these games. They, they weren't allowed to. And, and that's just the nature of it. Other commentators, other people around clubs have talked about how this isn't happening anywhere in MLS. It's not like there there's teams doing it and Atlanta chose not to. It's not happening around MLS that games are being streamed. Chattanooga was able to stream theirs because they hosted it. So that was up to them. And the game with Toluca next week, which is still part of preseason, might be the only game being televised during preseason around the league. It might be the only one. It's one yeah. of very few that have had any kind of of broadcast period. I think it's the only one that's being televised. So, you know, it's not the team not wanting to share as much information because last year, you know, we did, we, we broadcast the Celaya game uh, and, and Mike and I did the games with Tepetilan and Chivas that were at a training facility behind closed doors. We did those remotely. So, you know, it's, it's just the nature of things changing around in the league a little bit right now, give it a little bit of time. Hopefully next year, preseason has more coverage around the league but it wasn't a choice to keep everybody in the dark no that that was not a a choice no 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 i mean i think quite frankly the team wanted to 100 percent they did i'll I'll tell you they did (laughs) wanted yeah they were making plans for jason to go down and stream it um i i don't think they would really want us to disclose beyond that how it did not happen because I don't know. That's the point, but <laughs> it was not Atlanta United's decision to not speak. Believe me. Um, so I mean, like, look, Christopher, I, I get your question. If they want to stream the games, why can't they? There are contracts. There are <laughs> league rules. Um, it's my understanding that the Apple deal covers some of that, even preseason. Yeah. So. They Atlanta United wanted to stream all of it without giving up too much information. You're just going to have to trust us on this. Yeah. Atlanta United wanted to do it, and they were told no. And you're and, just and it, going to have to trust us on that. Atlanta's not the only team that wanted to Correct. stream games in preseason and were told no. And if, if you if you don't want to believe that, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I would show you, like my calendar that originally had a trip to Mexico on it and it didn't. So, you know, I was making plans. Right. Um, that's just how it goes. And, and look, the, the team has done the best that they can to to spread the word about how things have happened. So that's, that's the nature of this. You, you don't get to always just act unilaterally. If you're a team, you do have contracts, you do have leagues, you do have and, things you have to follow. And believe me, you're going to get to see a lot on Wednesday uh-huh. at the Jam Cup. We have, uh, we're going to have a really fun TV broadcast. It's going to be on Peachtree TV locally. I don't know if there's going to be a stream outside of Atlanta for it. I know that Peachtree TV is still on some cable systems up in Canada from the old WTBS days. That's so, right. um, yeah, if you want to go to Waterloo, Ontario or something like that to watch, you probably can. Grab some 10 bits. Uh, you'll be good to go. Right. Yes, absolutely. Grab some Tim. And like, I don't want to get into a debate with people on the Twitch pitch. There's no debate, guys. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. We've got more important things to move on to. There's no debate here. This is not this is not spin. This is not anything no. you want to come up with. No. This is fact. 
So like, I, and I, I understand the complaint. The league should make all the matches accessible. Yeah, I get it. But um, how do I put it? Um, not every club in the league puts as much resources into their stream as Atlanta United. And I think there is a minimum production level that the league wants to see consistently across all of its clubs when they give clubs the ability to, to stream. So th- there is just, let's please stop debating this. We've Atlanta United has signed a designated player today. We have two preseason friendlies we can go over. We have another one coming up on Wednesday. The season's going to start in two and a half weeks. So let's just move on. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, Fire questions away. Yes, please do. Now, I, I mean, here is a fact that we do know, Jason, from the preseason matches, from what we have seen and what we have not seen. Luis Aruju has been involved now in five goals scored by Atlanta United, and I think he has scored four of them. That or am I, am I right? Four of them. He has one from the spot, one on the yeah. goalkeeper collision in Chattanooga and two today. Yeah. So he has scored four times in three preseason matches. That is absolutely a great sign, in my opinion, for someone who was having, let's be fair, some finishing issues in the second half of last season. If you're looking for tangibles that you can take away, that's something that's printed on the goal scoring sheet that you can take away. Uh, Almada had a, a goal on Saturday. He had a lovely assist today Ooh, that assist. On, uh, on that Aruju goal that's been posted on social. Hopefully that is a reflection of good things. Um, another tangible because it was reported by the team. Sounds like Brad maybe spilled a rebound on Saturday against Atlante leading to the first Atlante goal. Brad obviously was a little bit rusty against Chattanooga. I don't know if he played today. I don't know if he did play, what his role was in, in any he of the started. goals. We, we saw the starting lineup. We know that much, so I know he started. Okay. I don't know how if long he, he went into the second half. If he played the first half, he would have given up one goal. Yeah. Um, if the, the, goal from, the goal from Atlante, um, mm-hmm. because there was a translation from a reporter who was covering the game in Mexico City that said that it was it's a translation so you can kind of get a little weird in how things exactly translate 
was a rebound. And Gonzalo Pineda, when he was asked about it on Monday, explained that it was a hard shot. It short hopped Gazan. He made the save. He didn't feel like it was one that he could really push further away, push wide because of the nature of the short hop and the power on the shot. So he was not concerned at all about the goal being scored and the manner of it and putting blame on Gazan. That was from Pineda on Monday. Today, we don't know anything about the, the goals that Cruz Azul scored, so I can't tell you. Yeah. Um, we just don't know. I mean, again, I know there's been a lot of concern and concern raised here on the Twitch pitch about Atlanta United's defending in these first three preseason friendlies yeah. if they've given up nine goals. That's fair. Uh, We've only seen the one game. so Right. And, you know. and, I, and of the game we saw against Chattanooga, Probably two of those three Chattanooga goals don't happen in a regular season match. Uh, one's the, fluky, one's a mistake, and the other one was good play from Chattanooga and tired legs. And correct. look, it happens. Like that's that's preseason for you. Um, the number of goals they've conceded in preseason, yeah. You look at that, you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? With only seeing 90 minutes of the 300, if I can do quick math that they've played. I can't draw any conclusions yet. I think the game against Toluca, it's very important for the defense who will probably go anywhere between 45 and and, and 90 minutes potentially for guys. Um, it's going to be very important to look very organized, not make individual mistakes, and and look like they're ready to go to start the season because they'll be about a week and a half away. All right, let's go to the Twitch pitch here. We have about 10 minutes left. I want to make yeah. sure we get to some non-stream-related questions. Uh, Brenna wants to know, do we know the salary on Yakimakis and if it could potentially be bought down? I don't think you can buy it down because of the transfer fee. I think that's what's going to end up being the issue. Again, we don't know all those details. The salary won't be public knowledge until the MLSPA releases that generally april or may for the first half of the season so we won't know until then the transfer fee reportedly was anywhere between 3.8 or 3.3 and 4.3 million pounds is the the range that it was being reported in fabrizio romano had it at 4.3 plus some potential add-ons that takes it over five million dollars um, the add-ons then add more onto it. It's a three-plus-year deal, so it would be really hard to buy it down. I don't think the intention was to sign him and then buy it down. I think the the back and forth at the beginning of this negotiation was about potentially having him come in as a TAM player, like we've seen many teams around the league do, and then it gets converted to a designated player when the transfer fee goes through. Loan with an obligation to buy. So he starts as a TAM and then becomes a designated player. I think that was the intention and weren't able to get that done. So you bring him on as a designated player from the jump. Uh, Emilio wants to know, and this is a theoretical question from Emilio. He wants to know, what do we want to see from the defensive side to indicate to us that there is or will be progress compared to last year, if anything? Well, again, I think the issues last year defensively are twofold. I think they were one because you didn't have a consistent group playing together. 
Um, and part of that is losing your goalkeeper, who's incredibly vocal, far more vocal. Brad Gazan is than Rocco Rios Novo was, than Raul Gudinho was. That has a factor in terms of how a defense is organized. So that's one that affected it last year. Individual mistakes affected it last year. I didn't think it was a scheme thing. I thought it was more of missing personnel and individual mistakes. So you're looking for fewer individual mistakes, period. And that's, again, that's not a scheme thing. That's, you know, misplaying a ball in the buildup. That's being caught out of position and kind of being in no man's land, that sort of stuff. And I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is better communication and getting miles and Brad Gazan back are going to help that communication in a big, big way. Uh, question from Eric Medina. What is Santiago Sosa's status? Is he injured? Remember Eric? No, he's not. That Santi is suspended for the first two matches of this year. This is very similar to what Atlanta United did last year in the preseason with Alan Franco. They did not play him with the first-choice group because they knew Alan Franco was not going to be able to play in the first match against Sporting Kansas City. So just keep that in mind. That's why you haven't seen Santi uh, with the first – well, I think with the exception of Chattanooga, he did play with the first-choice Chattanooga, he did because of an injury because of Almada. Right. Almada was a late scratch there. But uh, uh, Santi's not going to play against uh, San Jose or against Toronto. So that's – He's not hurt. That's just why they're using him in the way they are right now. Yeah, I talked to, to Pineda about that. Um, I can't remember if it was before Chattanooga or if it came up in the conversation on Monday, but it, it's a little bit of a mix and match because you want Santi ready to go when he comes in and he can play and he's a vital part of the team, but you do have to prepare for two games without him. So it, it is a little bit of a balancing act. Against Toluca, you know, maybe he doesn't start, but maybe he comes in at halftime. So he plays some with the first choice group. I, I think that could be a potential way to to mix and match it. Shiva wants to know where we think Tyler Wolf will fit in. Uh, Wolf has been with the U20s a little bit, so he hasn't been in preseason a lot. Um, Pineda was asked about Wolf and how he's looked and said he, he's he comes in more mature. And I think that loan is a big part of it. You know, he's he's somebody who, who went away, trained in a different way, played with a different team, had to to kind of figure out how to stand out there. Sometimes guys who come through a, a club as a homegrown, it's good for them to go away for a short period of time where nobody knows them. You know, when you're a homegrown and you come through, people might have seen you jump into training sessions since you were young. They, they, they've known you for a long time. They know you as a kid. You go away to another club somewhere else in another country, they don't know you, and you've got to show up, and you've got to earn respect. That can then help when you come back. So I think Wolf being in that position, it'll help him a lot. Uh, We know he's good in those pressing moments, either from a wing position, from a forward position. He's another one who could factor in as support and depth at the number nine, but also in that central midfield which is where I probably would slot him on the depth chart as the number one position for him, but he could play anywhere across the front four. That's 10, the number 10 position or the wing positions or the number nine. I think he provides depth at all of those positions. And we also know that Pineda rates him. I mean, Pineda, the day he was hired was talking about Tyler Wolf. So, um, 
once he gets back from the U-20s and really gets into training with this group, I, I think Wolf's going to be a factor, maybe in the same way that Aiden McFadden was a factor for much of last season. Some of it was pushed due to injury, but some of it was McFadden just playing his way into the mix too. Uh, so I, I think Wolf is going to be very, very important for the first team this year. Uh, great big dog. I want to know, are we still waiting on a third signing? And it sounds yes. like the answer is yes. We talked about that a little bit off the top. Yeah. I, it sounds like that was mentioned early on in preseason and it was asked of Gonzalo Pineda who doesn't make the signings. He's, he's the manager, but he was asked about it on Monday and he did not back off of a third one coming. Does that third signing happen before the regular season starts? It doesn't have to. It could come all the way up through mid to late April when the transfer window closes. So I don't think there is a grand need for that third signing. I don't think you have to rush it, but you're looking to get help to what you already have. And and we said it earlier, I think it's, probably looking at somebody who can help you in the 10 slash number nine positions uh, one or the other, or preferably somebody who can play a little bit of both. I think it is a depth piece, not a starter that would be coming in for that spot. Yeah. And mill zombie Etienne is not the third signing. They were saying no. three signings after they brought in Etienne, yeah. I think in January and very early. Etienne January. was no, he was signed uh, was right before the summer? world cup. Yeah, yeah, it was right before November the World Cup. November then. So, so, yeah, this was at the beginning of preseason when the three signings was mentioned. Uh, what else? Uh, Coco, I like this question. What player are we most excited to see growth from last year to this year? Um, That's a good, that's a good question. Uh, right now, as things are currently constructed, uh, I think if Mateus Hosechu does, Atlanta United's in a great position. And he has it in his game, in my opinion. I think last year he had to kind of bounce around a little bit in terms of role, uh, whether it was taking the the armband and, and having to be more of a leader, whether it was playing deeper as a six and, and sometimes a six by himself, not in a double pivot, or playing further up the field in what I think is his best position as an eight, a central midfielder, a box-to-box -box central midfielder. Sometimes he played a little bit as a 10 last year as well. If everybody stays healthy this year, I think he's going to play as the eight, and I think he's going to be able to settle into that role. And we saw the goal from the, the social media clips against Atlante. If he can impact games just a little bit more in the final third, I think when sometimes when narratives start on social media, they, they get blown out of proportion in terms of it's either all the way to 100 or it's zero. If you look at Mateus Hosechu's statistics last year over the whole season he did a lot of what you want the number eight to do he he didn't give up the ball easily connected his passes one of the best passers in the league defensively does a good job in terms of pressure he didn't create a whole lot of shots for himself or others and i'm not asking him to score 10 goals i'm not asking him to have 10 assists as an eight as an eight if he ends up having four goals, four assists, some combination of that, eight goals plus assists, however you want to break it up, if it's five and three, three and five, whatever. That's great. That's more than I, I would probably expect. Six goals plus assists is probably where I'm at. 
And I think he has that in him. I do. And if he does that, in addition to the other moves that, that we've seen, I think Atlanta United's in a great spot. Yeah, and I'm going to go in a slightly different direction because if this player improves even slightly, he's going to be a best 11 player in this league, and that's Andrew Gutman. Yeah. I really think if if Andrew Gutman can take his game to a higher level from where it was this past year, he's going to be a best 11 player in this league. I think he is a blossoming superstar in Major League Soccer. I think he is a potential national teamer one day if, if um, whoever's going to end up leading the national team is looking for someone who's going to give you maybe a little bit of experience, not necessarily trying to come in on, on the, the early end of things, but, you know, a kind of cagey veteran, uh, maybe like a Walker Zimmerman uh, in the next cycle, uh, someone who's who's played, who's not old, but is not young. Mm-hmm. I think Goodman could be that guy. Um, I, I look for Goodman to be six-plus goals this year. And I think if he is, if he is a six-plus goal scorer this year, uh, that's going to be very, very good news for Atlanta United. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe do the the goals plus assist for him too uh, because I, I don't think he'll be as high up the field as often if things go right for Atlanta United this year in terms of kind of that center back role that was a little bit of a hybrid last year. I don't know why there there's the idea that that's going to be the the number one way Atlanta United plays. It's it's not. It's not what we saw from Gonzalo Pineda when the team was at full strength last year. They're going to be in a 4-3-3 most of the time. It's a, a joker to pull out of the deck. So I, I think he'll have opportunities to get forward. He's got to contribute in those moments. If he has six goals plus assists in 2023 and he defends well, yeah, he's a potential best 11 left back. No way around it. Hey, real quick, before we sign off, um, a comment or two about Steve Cook. Yeah, um, tons of experience coming in to lead Atlanta United too. Um, some top-level managerial experience as well. He was an assistant for Colorado for a long time and was their interim manager to close out the 2017 season. Uh, director of the Academy in Seattle. He won uh, MLS Next at the U-17 level with Seattle. So uh, a very experienced leader coming in for Atlanta United, too. It, it's different than they've had in, in previous hires, whether you know it was Stephen Glass, whether it was Jack Collison, uh, Scott Donnelly in the first year, Tony Annan when he was the interim in between. Those were all managers who had come from the youth side and were really getting their first taste of this cook has had that taste and he's been in first teams for a a good bit of his career not all of it a lot of it has been on the youth side so that little bit of both and the years of experience just gives a different perspective i think it's a a really good fit obviously He's going to know what Garth Lagerway as the CEO is looking for out of the second team. I think Cook being in Seattle, although not a ton of overlap with Gonzalo Pineda, I think there's a little bit there if there is. They have the same kind of touchstones recently in terms of Cook being around Brian Schmetzer, the way he works, Pineda obviously working on that staff. So I think these are all really good things. Um, and I love Jose Silva moving up from the U19s as well. Uh, interviewed Jose during the, the World Cup show 
with Atlanta soccer tonight. And I, I love his mentality. I, I've really liked how his U19s have played in the UPSL. So moving up from that um, and Ricky Davey moving up to the U19s, I, I like all the moves for the second team and for the academy. And the second team starts their preseason, I believe, Saturday in terms of matches or scrimmages uh, behind closed doors with Life University on Saturday. And they'll get ready for MLS Next Pro, which we haven't seen a schedule yet. It looks like that season will start the last weekend in March. Uh, Steve Cook, I think, was also the technical director of Colorado Rapids for at least a season or two. Um, I think before he moved to interim coach, he may have been their technical director. So just a really interesting pedigree. Very, very yeah. experienced, um, you know, not only here in the United States, but also in his home country as well. Okay. Uh, next Wednesday is going to be a really busy day for us. Well, do you want to do stoppage time next Wednesday? We'll have yeah. time. Yeah, uh, we can. So uh, we'll have a 30-minute stoppage time at 2 p.m. Eastern as we look ahead to the AmFam Cup which Jason and I will have for you on Peachtree TV and Star 94 next Saturday, 7 o'clock, Saturday, excuse me, Wednesday, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 will be the kickoff time, uh, and uh, we'll be a week and a half away from the start of the MLS season by uh, this time next week. So it's really coming up very, very quickly. Again, uh, if you missed anything in our Yakamakis chat, the Yakamakis watch is over. You can rewind to the beginning and get all our thoughts on that. And we will look ahead to next Wednesday for a very busy day, starting with stoppage time here on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page and Twitch. Y'all have a good rest of the day. And uh, don't forget, subscribe to the Off the Woodwork podcast. That way you'll get all of your soccer content from 92.9 The Game delivered right to you, including Atlanta Soccer Tonight, which will be back 11 o'clock next Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.